Well, good morning and happy Thursday, Covenant Network listeners. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on this Thursday morning, July 14th. I'm Adam Wright, so happy to be with you. Let's pray the morning offering, and then I have a few words on what's going on today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. For all the intentions of your sacred heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. In reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we have a little bit different of a show for you today, not so much in terms of content or structure, but just in the fact that today I'm not actually live with you. Someone asked me recently, Adam, with all the the stuff you do at Covenant Network, what happens when you take a day off? Well, this is what happens. Uh, We pre-record the show and we bring it to you so that we can keep bringing you the uh, content this week, especially as we talk about these Marian apparitions with Doug Barry. It's very important for us to be with you today. So I'll hopefully be still asleep right now as you listen to this. Probably not. The kids have probably woken me up by now. But I want to thank you for being with us and know that it means a lot for us to be with you. And that's why we take the effort to pre-record the show rather than just say, ah, well, we'll, we'll play something else. So that's the deal today. On the show today, we are going to be talking about the power of witness. I'm actually really happy to connect with a fellow Catholic radio host, Jen Brown from Spirit Catholic Radio in Omaha, Nebraska, host of Spirit Mornings, where we will be talking about the power of witness. It's a, a topic very near and dear to my heart as I've been going out doing some speaking for the station and representing the station to say, here's who we are, here's what we do, is we celebrate 25 years of broadcasting here on Covenant Network. And they say, well, what, what do you do? Are you the theologian? Are you the psychologist? Are you, what, what, what's your role? I'm the witness. That, that's what I bring. I bring you my life in hopes that it will help grow your faith and help bring you closer to our Lord, whether that's building upon my successes through the grace of God or more likely learning from my mistakes so you don't make that same mistake as well. We're also going to uh, be continuing our conversation with Doug Barry on Marian apparitions of the last hundred years. Today we're looking at the apparition of Our Lady of Coapa, Nicaragua. That's a great one. And then uh, for those of you listening live, we have a segment we're happy to bring you from Father Wade Menezes of the Fathers of Mercy today on Our Lady of Mount Carmel, her feast day is coming up on this Saturday. And, you know, we talked about this last week with the Carmelite Novena. I would like to remind you that there is still time to go to the Carmelite Novena if you're in the St. Louis metro area. It continues tonight with the Rosary at 7.35 and Mass at 8 p.m. at the Monastery of St. Joseph uh, for more information, go to stlouiscarmel.com. That's stlouiscarmel.com. Everyone I've talked to who's been to the Novena this week has remarked on how beautiful the Masses have been, how wonderful it is to have Mass in the outdoor chapel, and uh, we're very grateful for that. So, in fact, the schedule indicates tonight is Monsignor James Ramacati celebrating Mass and preaching. Tomorrow, Friday the 15th, will be Archbishop Mitchell Rosansky. Saturday, Father Ryan Truss, and then on Sunday, Father Donald Morris. So something to look forward to as well. We are going to take a break now, and if all's going according to plan, Mike Roberts is going to have the weather and the saint of the day for you right here.
Stay tuned. We'll be back after this. Today is the feast day of St. Kateri Tekawitha. Born in a Mohawk village in 1656 in western New York, she was the daughter of a Mohawk chief and an Algonquin woman who had been captured during a raid. Her mother was baptized into the church by French missionaries. Kateri's Mohawk village was quite diverse and made up of a number of different natives who were absorbed as full members because so many of the Mohawk nation had been taken by European diseases. Then a smallpox epidemic took her mother, her father, her brother, and left Kateri disfigured and partially blind. She was adopted by her uncle, who also replaced her father as the Mohawk chief. This period was one of almost constant warfare over the fur trade in western New York with the Mohawk, allied with the Dutch, and the Huron with the French. Eventually, the Mohawk were forced into a treaty with the French, which required them to accept Jesuit missionaries in their villages. Kateri's uncle hated the Jesuits, whom he referred to as black robes, but Kateri enjoyed talking with them and eventually was converted and baptized on Easter Sunday, taking the name Kateri Catherine. Because of her conversion, she was treated as a slave, and when she refused to work on Sunday, she was denied food. Eventually, she escaped and made a 200-mile trek to a village near Montreal. There, she took a vow of chastity. During Holy Week in 1680, her health began to rapidly decline, and she died that Wednesday. Immediately after her death, scars and defects caused by suffering and smallpox went away, and she became radiant and beautiful. In the weeks after her death, several people reported being visited by her, and she told one of her friends, I have come to say goodbye. I am on my way to heaven. She was canonized in 2012 by Pope Benedict XVI. St. Katera Catherine Tekawitha. Please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Well, we are back and you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. And that would normally be the case unless you were in Omaha, Nebraska right now, where you would be listening to Jen Brown on Spirit Mornings. Jen, it's good to talk with you this morning. Thank you very much, Adam. You know, that's funny because, you know, there's we just got done with College World Series in, in June and sometimes it's the road to Omaha. So that's a big thing that people always talk about. The road to Omaha and baseball is a, a, a tagline. So very fun. Thank you for having me on, Adam. I'm excited to be on your show. It's good to have you here. Now, Jen, one of the things you and I have in common is that we both get to talk with some extraordinary people on a very regular basis. I mean, it's often the case that I go home and say to my wife, you're not going to believe who I got to talk to today. And one thing that I've noticed is a very common thread in all of this as we are talking about how do we live out practical ideas of holiness. The greatest tool sometimes in the toolbox is the power of witness. And, you know, not necessarily having to be the theologian or the psychologist or the evangelist or the author, but just being able to say, here's what God's doing in my life and here's how it's making a difference and sharing that with others. And I'm curious if I'm alone on an island in Catholic radio with this or if that's been your experience as well. Yeah, so I am the co-host of Spirit Mornings on the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. We cover the state of Nebraska and we touch eight other states and I do the same thing. So I have a two-hour plus morning show and we interview 
four to five people a morning. And yeah, so the witness is just this beautiful thing. And I get to talk with national people and all kinds of different people. As you said, there's this thing that happens all this time, this witness to holiness. When we spoke, we were together down at the EWTN studios, and we had spoke about this little key phrase, this highway to heaven. And one of the themes that we have here with Bruce McGregor, my co-host on Spirit Mornings, is we always talk about the main goal is to get to heaven, right? There's that main goal is to get to heaven. So in order to get to heaven, we need to not only work on ourselves to get to heaven, but we also have to help our children get to heaven, help our spouses get to heaven, help those around us get to heaven, be it parishioners, be it coworkers, be it just our friends and family members. So this whole idea is to get to heaven. And sometimes we're flawed because of human nature. We're flawed individuals, but we need to work through our thoughts, our actions and our words. We need to continue to try to work on that getting to heaven portion of life that we're living in right now. And even if we mess up, even if we stumble and fall on that path to heaven, the great thing about the way that Jesus laid it out for us is that we have the opportunity to get up again, go to confession, encounter the Eucharist, be with him again, and get back on that road and get to heaven. As Blessed Bruno Lentari says, begin again, begin again, right, right. Get, get to heaven. I'm glad you say it that way, Jen, because, I mean, the thing I think of all the time is, I get to talk, you know, recently I spoke with Dr. Scott Hahn or Father Wade Menezes or any of these heavyweights in the Catholic Church. The list goes on and on and on. And, you know, we think of Mother Angelica, we think of Kristalina Everett, Jeanette Williams, all these names that are out there. What do we all have in common with them? Because I, I might say to myself, well, I'm not brilliant. You know, I'm not going to write 15 books. I haven't even written 15 sentences in one book. But I'm going to go to Mass and I'm going to go to confession and I'm going I'm to pray my rosary. Sitter. I sit in pews. Yeah, I sit in pews. I can pray. So, yeah, we have that in common. So, yeah, continue along that line, Adam. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's what I'm thinking is if, if we do that, and instead of saying, well, how did Father tell me that Jesus is working in my life? Or how did so-and-so tell me that the Holy Spirit's working in my life? But to ask that question every day, where is God working in my life? And what does that mean for me? I mean, I'm a big proponent of the midday examine, a little adaptation of what St. Ignatius gave us, that every day around lunchtime, just stop and say, Lord, I'm grateful for this today. And it could be as simple as a conversation with a friend, a text message, a cup of coffee, the way the sun rose over the horizon that morning. But just to say, this is what I'm grateful for so far today. And then also to say, and Lord, here's that opportunity where you can come and work some more because I'm either being impatient or short-tempered or distracted or any number of things and actually identify the place to say, God, could you come work right here? Because if we invite him to come do that, odds are better that we will actually see him doing that. And the other day on the way into work, this is one of those prime examples. And the thing that we get to do as a job, it doesn't matter what you do as your job, because every single person that is a faith-filled Catholic should bring their faith into their job. But we actually turn on a microphone and then proclaim what we're doing. But I was driving into work and I was following this garbage truck and something on the back of the garbage truck caught my attention. And I read it. I read the thing on the back of the garbage truck. And then that led me to think when we're interviewing people, they're always like, we don't know how to pray or somebody who, you know, one of those big hitters, those national people, they always say, father, how do I pray? I don't even know how to start to pray. And so I'm following this garbage truck and I read on there. So then I start thinking, wow, that garbage truck is really full of garbage. Then I'm like, you know what? Thank you, Jesus, 
Thank you for the garbage workers. Thank you for the sanitation workers in our area. Thank you for the people that decided to get up early and go do that job and collect all the garbage and that were able to produce that much garbage. That I live in a community that has elected officials that take care of us. And I mean, it just, the the list just kept going on and on and on. And so in my 25 minute drive to work, I was able to pray like this huge prayer all because I read something on the back of a garbage truck. And then by the time I got to work and then I shared that with everybody. So then hopefully what that does is cements in, in individuals, you were talking about witness in the beginning of this interview, it cements it in our minds that prayer is everywhere. You can pray unceasingly when you look at everything with a prayerful lens, like everything can be prayer. The beautiful sunset, as you made, cup of coffee, anything can be prayer. Time with family, sleeping can be prayer, you know, just continue to have that, you know, on the side of a a garbage truck, that recycle, you know, symbol, you know, with the little arrows that go round and round, you know, like prayer is like that. It just, it's a constant recycle that just can continue to happen in your life and you can pray unceasingly when you're open to that. You know, I want to go old school here for a second, back to the Baltimore Catechism. Why did God make us to know him, to love him, to serve him in this life so that we can be with him in the next? So we can be with him in the next. Know, serve, and love him in this life in order to be in that banquet, to be with that banquet. And we love and care for people, and we miss them dearly when they're gone from this life. And so what do we want to do? We want to strive to be as good as we can. And we have the playbook. We have the rule book. Jesus laid it out for us. So let's strive. During COVID time, there was lots of things from the Vatican online that I got an opportunity to watch. And Blessed Carlo Acutis, his beatification was online. If you don't know who that is, he's the 15-year-old young man who died of leukemia. He brought all of his family into the church. He was a computer whiz. He also loved playing video games and doing all kinds of soccer and all kinds of things 15-year-olds love to do. But he loved Jesus, and he loved Jesus deeply. And he did a lot of wonderful things. The Vatican-approved Eucharistic miracles, he cataloged all of them. And now the official Vatican-approved things that go out are because of him. So he's a blessed now. He's a blessed in the church on his way to sainthood. And I got to watch his beatification And the reliquary that holds his relic has written on it in some other language, but the Eucharist is my highway. The Eucharist is my highway to heaven. That's what he used to say. The Eucharist is my highway. I saw the bishop in the beatification process hand his reliquary to his mother that he brought into the church. I'm a puddle. I, Adam, I am a mess. I'm a mess. I'm watching. It's already, we're already, you know, it was a difficult time for a lot of us. We're separated from family and friends and it's difficult. And then I just, I want, where some of us were separated from the Eucharist for a time frame. So I'm watching this and I'm like, I got to double down. I got to do better. This 15 year old is out doing us all. The Ex- Eucharist is my highway, Adam. Exactly. If a 15 year old can do it, friends, you and I can do it too. I mean, that's the reality. So whether you're a designer shoemaker or a checkout clerk or a doctor or a lawyer or a banker or Whatever you are, God is calling you to be holy today and to live out, know him, love him, serve him today. And sometimes that prayer to the Holy Spirit is, Holy Spirit, give me the understanding to understand how I'm called to live my vocation today. But 
start your day off with that prayer. Well, Jen, we're, we're coming up against a break here, but I wonder before we sign off, you know, I feel kind of conflicted because, I mean, I'm here on Covenant Network and you're there on Spirit Mornings, and I don't know if we should sign off with you or if we should sign off with me or if we should sign off with both. So how about this? I'm just going to say for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. And for Spirit Mornings, I'm Jen Brown. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven, but don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this. We are continuing our conversations with Doug Berry here on Covenant Network about Marian apparitions of the past 100 years. And Doug, today we're talking about an apparition that I did not know about until you and I started planning out these conversations. Cuapa, mm-hmm. Nicaragua. So what can you tell us about this apparition? Yeah, this is one of those apparitions, again, out of left field. I didn't know anything about it. Again, approved by the church. I was talking about Marian apparitions in general, and a priest friend of mine who's from Nicaragua brought it to my attention. He said, Doug, you need to check this one out. This one is legitimate. Kind of earth-shaking if you think about it. I said, okay, looked into it. You've got a man named Bernardo Martinez, and he's helping out at the church at different times. And it's a small village-type area. You know, Coapa is not big metropolis and so forth. And and he sees one night, it's in April of 1980, he sees light coming from the church, and he thinks some of the women may have left the light on the church from their prayer group and such. And so he goes in there, shuts up, there's no lights on when he gets there. What he finds eventually is that there's this statue of the Blessed Mother that's radiating light. So it starts with this statue of the Blessed Mother radiating light. She's, he's amazed by this. Then by May 8th, the first apparition begins. Now, Our Lady, again, because of our time here, I'll keep this relatively short, sums up that she's coming to him talking about the need for people to pray and convert. Here's this running theme that's been going since Fatima, very powerfully since Fatima. The world is in a different place now than it ever has been historically. We've had ups and downs, we've had battles and wars, but there's something different about where we are now because the potential of our, call it global conflicts, can be literally globally devastating on a whole nother scale. And in addition to that, you've got who are trying to literally hack the human brain, bring in AI, some artificial intelligence, transhumanism, pardon me, all these types of things that have been very, very well documented. This is not being hidden anymore. So it's a different time now. So back in 1980, when Our Lady appears, which isn't that long ago when you consider what has happened over this amount of time, she makes very clear man still needs to recognize the importance of conversion, praying the rosary, and so forth. Long story short of all this is Our Lady comes several times. The last apparition is October 13. Once again, anniversary of the miracle of the sun in Fatima, October 13. This is not coincidence. This is one of these things where in heaven, I would jokingly say in talks, imagine the Blessed Mother turns to Jesus after the apparition. Wait, son, when did we do the miracle of the sun? Oh, Peter, can you look that up? And if, oh, October, oh my goodness, we're doing it on the same day. No, this is intended. So when Our Lady comes again, sent by her son, remember, on October 13th, and this is a particular day where there's a crowd of people there, and Our Lady appears, and she's dressed in her white garments and so forth. And Bernardo turns to her and says, the people don't believe that this is happening. Now, she becomes so sad that they do not believe that she's appearing to him that immediately her clothing changes, and she appears instantly as Our Lady of Sorrows, and she begins to cry. Our Lady is crying because we are not believing that she's coming to us, in essence, is what we're hearing here. Now, she does warn Bernardo, and he eventually becomes a priest, Father Bernardo Martinez. He has since passed away. But she warns through him that because of your lack of response to my call for conversion, 
you are hastening the arrival of a third world war. So Our Lady comes, and again, on October 13th, she weeps, she shows herself as Our Lady of Sorrows, people are not responding, she warns of a third world war. Now, again, when you hear these messages, there are many people out there for years who would say, well, that would never happen, that would never happen, because we know that it would be mutual destruction. We always hear that term, you know, mutual destruction. But there are people out there, there are tyrants and dictators in the world who are so far gone in cooperating with evil that to them, watching the world burn, just for the sake of watching the world burn, is not so far off the rails for them because of where their mind and their heart are. They're not close to God. We have to understand when there are people out there who embrace, fight for, and defend and shout from the rooftops their abortion, that it's okay to dismember or mutilate or behead or poison a baby in the womb of its mother, we have to realize that that culture of death can permeate many other hearts that are open to it that have turned their backs on God. So when Our Lady talks about a third world war, we need to be taking that much more seriously. And also her remedy, which is prayer, fasting, conversion, and of course, the rosary. I'll back up real quick before I wrap this up, Adam. In Fatima, there was one thing that the Blessed Mother repeated in all six apparitions. It was the only thing that she repeated really each time, clearly. When you pray the rosary, you can bring peace to the world and you can avert war. Now, my question to the audience is, how much do we really want peace in the world? And how much do we really want to avert war? If we really do want those things, 15 to 20 minutes a day of praying the rosary should be done like that, should not be a problem for us. Indeed, it should not. And it's a very important question. And sometimes I get preoccupied, well, what are the other people doing? And well, first and foremost, Adam, it starts with you. If, if right. I'm not praying my rosary, I have no business being worried about what anyone else is doing because I'm neglecting my responsibility. Doug, once again, I mean, it's a very consistent message. The Blessed Mother calls us to conversion. She warns us of what will happen if we do not. She's got a really good track record so far. So I don't know why we would be ignoring her. Mm -hmm. and, and again, it's these are all church-approved apparitions, so these messages are very clear for us. Uh, I look forward to our next one, and I want to thank you for being with us today. Thanks, Adam. Again, I'm happy to be with you. It's time to pause on this Thursday for a daily dose of encouragement, and this week we are learning some important lessons from spiritual direction. Patty, what do you have for us today? Well, again, I'm just sharing nuggets of truth from my own spiritual director. She's Sister Rafaela Cavalin from the Apostles of the Interior Life. I'm so blessed by her guidance on my spiritual journey, and I just know how important spiritual direction can be. And not everyone has access to a spiritual director, so that's why I'm sharing these nuggets of truth that I've learned from spiritual direction. So today I want to share about a time that I was really struggling with control. And I again, very typical things for us in spiritual direction to talk about. This is what I said to my spiritual director. I remember saying, when would I finally be able to let this go? When will I finally be able to surrender this desire for control? When will I not let this person bother me anymore? I was kind of going on this whole litany of things that were, I keep trying and trying and trying. I keep trying to surrender, but I can't do it and it keeps bothering me, or I keep getting hurt, or whatever it was. And her answer was instant. She just said, when you feel safe. And I stepped back, I thought, what? She goes, when you feel safe from the old wounds. When you feel safe from the old wounds and the pain that you're feeling from whatever it is, that person, or whatever it is that you're trying to control. She says, when you finally feel safe from it, then you'll be able to let it go. And she has taught me a lot from Dr. Bob Shooks, his whole healing ministry. And he has said that pain that is not 
transformed by God will be transmitted. That's a big lesson. So any pain that I'm holding on to, old wounds, anything that I'm carrying on, grudges, bitterness, if I don't let God transform that in my life, I'm going to transmit it onto my own children. I'm going to transmit it onto my husband. I'm going to transmit that same pain onto the other people in my life. And so this has been a big lesson for me that I've had to work through. Uh, Again, it's a journey, never done, never complete. But if you're holding onto something, if you're really, really trying to control, maybe it's because you too are holding on to something that has caused you pain and you don't feel safe around a certain relationship or you don't feel safe in that situation. So maybe you need to take that to prayer. I just offer it again. If that's you, maybe that will be helpful. And then just to remember that any pain that is not transformed by God's love and his mercy, it will be transmitted onto the next generation and to people in your life. And we don't want to do that. So we need that healing and only the Lord can give us that healing. Patty, that's an incredible insight, and I'm very grateful that you have shared that with us. That's one I'm going to take to heart very personally, so thank you. We are back. That's the show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something about the Blessed Mother, and you know, it goes without saying, make your plans to pray the rosary today. I, I cannot say it any plainer than I have this week. Make your plans to pray the rosary today. Bishop Hugh Doyle said, one cannot pray the rosary and persist in sin. Either they will give up the sin or they will give up the rosary. Now, am I perfect in praying my daily rosary? By no means. I'm not. I strive for it. I fall short many times, but I try, I try, I try. And I know this, when I am successful, I am bringing the same sins to the confessional with less frequency and with less degree, seriousness. I mean, I often confess that I lose my temper with my wife and with our children, and I raise my voice or I get snarky or sarcastic or whatever it may be. Um, I, I lose my patience is really the better way to say that. And uh, praise God for them. They're very understanding and loving, and, and we do love each other terribly. Um, but I've noticed this, since when I'm successful praying the rosary daily— the need for them to be patient and forgiving and understanding is dramatically reduced because, well, it's not anything I'm doing. It's the grace of God working through me. I believe that I firmly believe that. And it's the intercession of the blessed mother and Adam Wright's just somehow got the grace to not get in the way. That's the way I would put it. Let's pray in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Amen. All glory be to the father and to the son and to the Holy spirit as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Our Lady Queen of Heaven, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to thank Jen Brown from Spirit Catholic Radio for being with us today. Doug Berry for continuing our series on Marian apparitions. I look forward to wrapping that up tomorrow. Also tomorrow, we'll be talking with one of the biking missionaries from Biking for Babies. Did you know that right now there are approximately 50 missionaries on six different routes covering 600 miles each, culminating in a celebration on Saturday to witness to the dignity of human life? Tune in tomorrow for all of that and more, and God willing, I'll be back in the studio with you live tomorrow. Until then, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. You know what I'm going to say, so do it. Pray your rosary today.